Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. He's back in the bullpen today. We have Mr. Albert Eisenberg, Philadelphia based messaging strategist, co founder of the nonprofit media outlet Broad Plus Liberty. All right. And all around good guy. We do disagree. He has a long, extensive, impressive resume. How are you, sir? I'm great, thank you. Not that long a recipe, a resume yet. <laughs> I appreciate you having me back on. Well, we appreciate you being here. This is gonna be interesting because I hope we actually have some daylight and agreement with this. So we're gonna talk about gerrymandering, all right? I don't want to presume what you know or believe about the drawing and redrawing of district lines. So if you would share your sentiment. Sure, well, I have worked on nonpartisan redistricting issues. I recently authored a report available at broadandliberty.com on the redistricting situation in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, known as the Keystone State from the signing of the Constitution on. So as Pennsylvania goes, so goes the country. I had a lot to say about it, and I've been watching the process play out in a number of states. I think it's quite an interesting issue that that viewers should really be plugging into because it's a, the question is you know who is represented in government and that's always going to be contentious from the dawn of mankind onward. Yeah, it's amazing we still call it gerrymandering, right? Because the the name itself implies manipulation and bias because Governor Jerry this was in the 1800s, Governor of Massachusetts, he did some funky stuff with the with the lines. And people say, well, damn, Jerry, that looks like a salamander. And it did, right? The, the way the lines were drawn. And so they just combined the names and call it gerrymandering. So we call it that today. And the name itself is indicative of the bias or political bias that it's connected to. So you're part of some nonpartisan groups trying to take politics out of this process. And I don't moralize against Republicans on this without moralizing against Democrats. Cause the truth is they've done the exact same thing when they have been in power, which is to draw lines that favor them politically. And they dilute the voice of others who may have a different political ideology. So here's my question to you. Now Republicans have done it the worst. And there's a significant racial bias connected to how Republicans typically consult and do these lines. There are some bright spots like Michigan, for example. So Michigan, they did something unique. They created this lottery and this lottery was, you know, thousands of people applied and they kind of randomly chose individuals who are not political. But you had to balance the partisanship and then you had to have a certain number of people who are not connected politically to a party whatsoever. And they've tried to limit the politics involved in this. What have you seen are effective solutions to get rid of some of the partisanship involved in how these lines are drawn? Right, well, you're never gonna take the politics out of drawing lines that determine who is represented in government because that's an inherently political question. So uh, the point I think it's important is to try to curb the excesses of redistricting because if one party controls the you know executive branch of their state government and the legislative branch, which Republicans do in a number of states, Democrats do in a number of states. They are often quite excessive and go over the top in creating gerrymanders that disfavor the other side politically. Um, so I think you know most states. If if I were in charge, I would basically 
try to set a threshold of competitiveness where at least a certain percentage of your state's districts federally and at the state legislative level are competitive based on the prior elections when you're drawing the lines and that you have a certain level of representation. So Maryland Democrats create a seven to one Democrat to Republican map. In Ohio, Republicans created a 13 to two Republican Democratic map. I think because more than two out of 15 Ohioans are voting Democrat, that is clearly quite gerrymandered and more than one out of eight Marylanders are voting Republican. And I think you should probably try to set a threshold of at least two to three of those districts in Maryland, at least five to seven of those districts in Ohio should at least swing towards the minority party in that circumstance. So you wanna basically keep the legislature in charge or create what you call independent redistricting commissions that come in various shapes and sizes in Arizona and California and Michigan as the one you mentioned. Virginia's has not been a roaring success and they, <laughs> the Republicans and the Democrats couldn't agree and they walked out and shunted it to their state Supreme Court. So it's really complicated, but there's a number of ways you can do it either by a commission or legislature. But I think the key is for voters to pay attention and to try to curb the worst impulses because insiders of either political party of every partisan group will always try to hoard and keep power for themselves and for their side. Let's talk about an industry reality that rarely gets discussed. You know this because you've done extensive research. Typically these politicians aren't smart enough to figure these lines out. They hire consultants, they hire major companies who are very talented at figuring out how to do this and fly under the constitutional violation rule. And they are very, very meticulous and very good at their jobs, right? So that's one aspect of it. And then the other is this, I don't know how they do it in other states, but I know in Georgia and Florida and Mississippi and Alabama, you're not allowed to use on paper. Now that doesn't mean it's not part of the conversation, but you can't use on paper anything that identifies to the party or people and how they vote. You can use race, you can use age, right. you can use gender, but you cannot use party. Is that basically what your research has found too in your states? Well, it's interesting with these a lot of these southern states that were vetted due to the Voting Rights Act, and right. were traditionally Jim Crow states. Race used to be a proxy for That's partisanship. Correct. That's right. It is much less so. Well, it is in a black and white world, but now you have Hispanic and Asian voters increasing in Texas and Georgia and Florida. Hispanics, I mean, you say that there's no majority minority districts in Texas and Colorado. They've drawn new majority minority districts. You're just not hearing about them because they're right leaning majority minority districts. It's kind of an interesting phenomenon. Which, there makes, are, which I, makes it, by the way, constitutional. That will pass. Constitutional muster tip. Yes, it wouldn't pass, you know, liberal media hysterics. It would <laughs> well, pass. Well, still, but brother, and the reason why I wouldn't is because without violating the technical language of the rule, they're violating the spirit of it, right? Yes, although as you mentioned, which you were generously said, there are many ways to disenfranchise people. Not necessarily all of them are based on race, um, and and Democrats are very keen to do so in states like Illinois and Maryland and New York State, which are all going to be radical Democratic gerrymanders. Um, to your prior question, though, I think you know you you want 
districts that roughly reflect the population or people start to get angry and feel like they're not represented in government and that's wrong. And one thing particularly to note is that both Democrats and Republican insiders have agreed to make districts a lot less politically competitive. So they don't swing either way as much. You're seeing a lot more Biden plus 12 than Biden plus four districts. In states like Oregon mm-hmm. and New York State, you're seeing a lot more Trump plus 18 than Trump plus three districts in states like Ohio and Florida. So it's becoming a really, it's not a great situation as far as competitiveness. Yeah, let me bring your attention to Lucy McBath, US Congresswoman. She actually represents a majority Republican district. She's won in that district twice, okay? Majority Republican district, a district that Newt Gingrich used to hold in the state of Georgia. So she's there, she figured out how to kind of crack the code, right? She's a Democrat, a black woman that represents a majority white and majority Republican district. That district still votes for the Republican on the top of the ticket, but they split and still vote for her to be their congressional representative, right? So what happened just a few weeks ago in Georgia? Well, they got together to redraw the lines. You know what they did? They drew the line so massively Republican for her that she now has to step out of her congressional seat to run for another congressional seat outside of the district in order to possibly remain in the US Congress. Now, none of this, none of the process, and this is one of my biggest issues, brother, and I wanna get your thoughts. None of the process of gerrymandering is transparent. It's all covert, it's done in rooms, sometimes committees, But for the most part, these are private discussions. And then they bring us the finished product or very close to the finished product for the finalization of the vote. Is that not problematic how the process 90, 95% of it is private and then the 5% that's public, the fix is already in? Well, it's interesting. I mean, you bring up that Georgia example and you're gonna see Lucy McBath versus Carolyn Bordeaux should be interesting. Yep. I, would, I would say, I mean, a, a congressional seat is not an entitlement. So it's actually a good thing when you see members having to duke it out and face competitive elections. And this happens every 10 years when they redraw the lines. Um, You know, I would say even when things appear to be transparent, they aren't always transparent. When California's quote unquote independent commission redrew the districts in 2010, there was a ProPublica report afterwards. It was really interesting about how Democratic constituency groups masked themselves as citizen activists, nonpartisan citizen activists, and they ended up making much more Democratic lines. I think the key is. In the most egregious examples of gerrymandering, the voters should be angry and they should be aware. And it should punish, you know, when you overdo it, when you overstep your your authority, you should be punished electorally for that. So I'm hoping that voters in Illinois see how over the top the lines are against Republicans. And there's similar Republican primaries as the Democratic one that you just mentioned. Georgia is not the most egregious Republican gerrymander in the country, Ohio, I would say is. So I'm hoping voters there pay attention too. And hopefully, you know, there's examples where you never know because you're drawing these lines in 2020, 2021 for lines that are gonna be elected in 2030. So a lot could change and you hope that, Man plans and God laughs a little bit, and that the at the end of the day, you can't handicap everything. Yeah, and Albert, I would encourage you to do a little research on Georgia. I disagree with your sentiment about it not being the worst or among the worst. It's not the worst as it relates to congressional districts, but it is among the worst as it relates to state house and state senate. Let me give you an example. The state of Georgia has the largest state legislative black caucus in the United States of America, and some people say, well. 
Wow, that's great. Well, the reason why that exists is because Republicans intentionally drew lines to make sure black folks would only vote for black folks and white folks would vote for white folks so that they did not have white Democrats in the state of Georgia representing anyone at a state level. So they have consolidated their power in their white structure and they have alienated black power so that white Democrats could not get elected by the way they drew the districts. And you know exactly what I'm saying when I say consolidating the power. So while that's not a congressional item, it is a state house, state senate item that should be looked at. Also, do you have an issue with the performance of Democrats? You gotta look at performance of Democrats over the last seven to eight years. They have significantly significantly outperformed as far as voting blocks are concerned, Republicans. We're talking about nationally, statewide, but because of how districts are drawn, you literally will have states that outperform Republicans on virtually every matrix. And then Republicans still retain power inside of that state because of how the lines are drawn to give them favor in the state legislature. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think my, my thoughts are that Democrats basically are confronting an issue demographically where Democratic voters tend to cluster. They are urban, they are sophisticated, a lot of them. I mean, there's there's a few legs of the Democratic voter stool, but the, the growth leg for the Democrats is sort of upper middle class, inner suburbs and places like the Bay Area and Manhattan and Brooklyn. And then they have a lot of working class people of color who are actually they've had a lot of attrition among those voters. Those voters have become independents and have fled the towards the Republicans in the last few election cycles, which is something I'm cheering on and hoping the Republican Party can try to represent more of these non-white voters, people of color who are working class as well. The problem Democrats face is that if you look at governorships. Republican governors represent a majority of the country. You're not gerrymandering states. So states are electing more Republicans, including at the legislative level. And of course, when Republicans are in charge, they're gonna draw more favorable lines towards Republicans. But that's really the problem Democrats face and that they're moving backwards in states like New Jersey, Virginia, New Hampshire, Nevada. Kansas has a Democratic governor. She's gonna have a hard time holding on in 2022 because of the Democratic Party. That's not due to gerrymandering. All right, let's talk solution, okay, before we go. My solution is to decrease the politics because you're never, you were never eliminated totally, all right? But to decrease it, you have a lottery, you allow for people to apply, and you choose individuals based on that lottery. What Michigan has done, I think Michigan, Michigan's approach is very, very innovative. And you go with regular people and not million dollar consultants to manipulate the lines. What is your solution? My solution is to probably keep it with the legislature as the state constitution in Pennsylvania says. Obviously, these are state by state things, right. but if I was advocating for Pennsylvania, I would set a benchmark so that if you have 20 districts, at least seven or eight of them are gonna be competitive, at least three to four of them are gonna favor the minority party. And then once you set the basic position after, once you set the basic floor, then let the legislature do its work. All but right. Set a floor for competitiveness and for representing the minority party. All right. Well, we'll see if any one of our ideas take hold. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Albert, it's been it's been fun, brother. Always good to have you on the show. Thank you for Thanks, coming back.